Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, March 23rd. We're not going to have many results to talk about until at least July. Coronavirus putting the ATP and WTA 2020 seasons on hold for the time being. But that doesn't mean we still don't have plenty to discuss from the tennis world. One of the joys of our sport is that there are so many storylines, so many controversies, so many different things we can explore on a day-to-day basis. And that's what we're going to continue to do here at Cracked Rackets. If these podcasts can provide any of our fans even just a momentary respite from all of the stresses that are occurring right now in all of our daily lives, then we're doing our job. So we're going to continue to do just that. And joining me on today's podcast to have a little bit of fun is how I want to describe it. You, of course, know him as one of the co-hosts of this mini break podcast, the former Denison men's tennis superstar high school men's tennis coach. I don't remember the name of the school. I'm sorry. I'm going to get better at it moving forward. But a man I affectionately refer to as James Foster McDonald. Jamie, welcome back to the mini break. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. Although uh, my two-week coaching stint, that's, that that might be all I get for the uh, Pembroke Hill High School. Um, it's looking that way. Things are suspended at least another month. Uh, we'll see if by May anything comes up, but it, it's not looking good. So it might be a two-weeks-and-I'm-out scenario. Yeah, no, there's there, your kids on the team, certainly the biggest winners, because I can only mm-hmm. imagine the fitness regimens you had prepared for them moving oh, yeah. forward. Oh, yeah, they, we're going to be the fittest team in Missouri, let me tell you what. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Is that, you know, are those a high bar to clear? Uh, I don't know either. (laughs) But I I can say with certainty that that we, we would have taken that title. Yeah, no, one of the weird things, my little brother's a high school senior, and he more than likely took his last class at our high school so that's just yeah it's it's weird for all of us certainly but the benefits for us cracked racket fans is you're gonna have a little bit more time to come on the podcast and i know we have some fun podcast planned non-mini break that we should be releasing shortly we're gonna take we're gonna record a fun episode of a new series we are starting tomorrow night so just a little bit of a tease for you listeners but we want to have some fun today and before we get into that fun the reason we're able to have all these different conversations day in day out due to the support we get from our friends at diadem sports and if you've heard me say it once you've heard me say it a bunch of times diadem sport is helping tennis players all across the globe elevate their games by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet the rackets are developed with your performance in mind and it doesn't matter what your style of play is whether you're a power player you're a slice and dice or you just like to grind out there they've got a racket for you their nova 100 their elevate 98 as well as a bunch of different strings you can go with the flash the solstice power the elite xt jamie's a man of evolution so i feel like those are the strings for him me as impulsive as you'll find out there so those impulse strings just fit my personality to a t they've also got their premier tennis balls they've got their sweatshirts they've got all of these different things jamie have you gotten the chance to use the strings even more over these past couple of weeks 
Yeah, it's been good. I've been able to get out, um, take some serves on my own, on my lonesome, really see that ball uh, fly through the court. It's been looking good. Uh, it's been looking good and feeling good. So I'm looking forward to uh, stringing those up more and more, getting everything set. And, uh, you know, hey, if I need a little bit of a reprieve from staying in my apartment all day, every day, I can go out and hit a bucket of balls and it'll feel great. Yeah, no, and I got the chance to put on a diadem hoodie for the first time this weekend. Our CEO, Dalton Thieneman, came over. He was wearing it for an over-serve segment that we recorded. And by the way, listeners, I promise you are going to very much enjoy this week's over-serve. They get better and better as we continue to do them. And super producer Daniel Westoff really put his magic on this week's episode. So be on the lookout for that. But to help our friends at Diadem Sports, go to their website, diademsports.com. Use the promo code CR50. Get 50 percent off your orders and in a time when so many of us you know struggling financially because of the economic effects of coronavirus for us tennis players it certainly uh is helpful that diadem cutting their prices of course and you can get 50 percent off your order and get a couple sets of strings that should last you for the foreseeable future so again go to that website diademsports.com and we continue to thank them for their continued support of this podcast now in terms of what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to do things a little bit of differently. We've talked about some of the storylines we've seen emerge through the first two months of the 2020 season, and you know there are still other things we want to explore later on in the week. We've also had the chance to talk to so many great guests, Mark Lucero, Steve Weissman, as they like to refer to themselves, the two best-looking play, uh, people in tennis media. We also got the chance to talk to John Wertheim, Ben Rothenberg, Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. We've had a lot of fun conversations, but... But we want to have a lot of fun today. We want to do things a little bit differently. So Jamie and I, we were chatting on the phone. What are we going to talk about on Monday's podcast? We're going to do some lists. We're going to do some rankings because who doesn't love to hear people's rankings? Who doesn't love to hear how we think people stack up in terms of individual skills on the ATP Tour? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the top three forehands, the top three backhands, the top three one-handers, top three serves, and top three movers on the ATP Tour. Tour in our opinions now. A couple of rules before we get started that Jamie and I agreed on. First off, no big three slash big four because I will always include Andy Murray in that discussion. And if you include them, things just get stupid. They get too easy. You know, what's the point? Yeah, Rafa, Djokovic, Federer are better at everything than everyone else. So we excluded them from this. A couple of other rules. No Prince Rackets. This disqualifies me from the list. This disqualifies Isner from the list and Luca Pui as well. Hot takes always encouraged on this podcast and I promise you we've got a couple lined up for you for the servers no seven footers yes seven footers you're that tall your serves going to be better than the average human so why even do the conversation if we're going to include them Bonus points if you include someone outside the top 100 in your rankings. Also, no Nishikori, no Del Potros. They're both out with injuries. And then the last rule is something we're calling the Gasquet rule, which means current form only, no credit for past performances. His one-handed backhand maybe the most beautiful one-hander in the history of the ATP game. Uh, but obviously, right now, you compare its effectiveness to some of the other players on tour, and it just doesn't stack up. So did I miss anything, Jamie, or are you ready to rock and roll? Ready to rock. 
All right, let's get right into it. Jamie, let's start with you. Give me your top three forehands. And give me your thought process as well. I, I expect me to interrupt you a couple of times in this one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, just cut to cut apart somebody's game and just look at it. But just the raw stroke itself, you know, what it does, the power, the spin, um, you know, the stroke on its own, not just how that person, that guy is able to put it together, just how he uses it in points. So I think for me, Kyrgios is in that list team is in that list the third one is hard there's so many different ones um he maybe is my honorable mention but jack sock so give me bonus points for outside the top 100 there but he's on my list as well rublev was my other one so fascinating for me and again i I should preface this i didn't mention this in the rules as well jamie yelled at me he's like you're gonna ruin this you're gonna bring in statistics which i i've ruined a number of segments (laughs) over the years so it was a justified claim from jamie uh these are all subjective opinions let's be clear we're not going to be talking about well his spin rate is 102 rpms and that's just more effective than anyone else no we're not going to be doing that and you know records aside because obviously given where you're at in the rankings that shows how effective your stroke is or isn't um but we agree on two of our top or we agree on two you included team in there right i did so we agree on two of our top three forehands for me my top two guys are number one rublev because again i i've made this point over and over again andre rublev hits the ball harder than 99.9% of players on tour. If you watch a practice session, you listen to the ball coming off of his racket. It just sounds different than everyone else. And you can just see in how vicious he turns into the ball, his body language, just again, the eye test, which is so valuable in these rankings. It just looks different. It sounds different. It's more effective than, you know, his game is based around going after the forehand, whether it's inside in, inside out. Couldn't agree with you more there. Obviously, Dominic team, the success he's had, it's a testament to his all-around game. But, I mean, he can whip a forehand as well as anyone. I'm not going to ruin it with the stat, but I know RPM-wise, spin-wise, he's up there with the best of them, right? So those two, I think, you can't dispute them if you're throwing out Rafa, you're throwing out Federer, you're throwing out Del Potro. Those two just certainly in the top three. But spot number three was really difficult for me. And you mentioned Jack Sock in there. I also had a guy by the name of J.J. Wolf in my honorable mention. Kyrgios in my honorable mention. Milos Raonic, obviously in the honorable mention because his game is a serve and a forehand. And spoiler alert, we'll get to him more later on in, in these rankings. I threw around Shapovalov. I threw around FAA because, you know, again, he's the sound test as well. You just see the ball coming. You hear it coming off of his racket, and you're like, whoa, that sounds different. Berrettini, I thought about, but it's a little one-dimensional. He may hit it the hardest, but it's certainly not the best. And again, best is subjective. But you're going to like my number three, Jamie. I went with Nikolaus Bastelashvili because his game is just— I, I, if you asked me to describe it, I'd be like, I, I don't really know if I can— But I know he just hits the living hell out of a forehand. And I mean... I, I just I like it I really like it it's the it's the perk of watching him play is that he just goes after forehands how bad of a pick was that I mean it's not your best <laughs> but <laughs> I can somewhat respect it I mean yeah you watch the guy play and you know you're just sitting there kind of jaw dropping at how hard he hits the ball right um does that make his forehand does that I don't think that puts him near the top three um <laughs> but <laughs> you know respect I'll respectfully disagree with that pick <laughs> No, I mean, you know that I had to throw something in there. because You're always going to. Yeah. Also, I to... sliding J.J. Wolf in there with, like, you know, top 10 players casual. 
<laughs> uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Honestly, I think throwing J.J. Wolf in the honorable mention is less objectionable than having Bachelor's Feeling number three, and I'm regretting it already. If I would have gone with my heart, I would have put FAA in there. I also, I really considered putting Jack Sock, but that would have violated the Gasquet rule. Uh, you know, we agreed. No past performance. Yeah. In. I just, Sock, yeah, Sock I had to mention, but Rublev took my three. Yeah, Rublev and team, we agree on. So I have Kyrgios, again, in my honorable mention, but it's just not committal. And it's there's so many slices and drop shots. And I suppose variety is actually an added bonus. Dude, so he again, hits the ball so hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's true. It's not even funny. Like just and he can he can rip it heavy, he can just do flat slaps. I don't know. It's versatile and he rips it when he steps into the ball. I mean, people aren't touching it. That's and true. it's heavy. It is heavy when he wants it to be. I, if I would have gone with my heart, I would have gone with... I mean, if I, my heart was Basilashvili. I really wanted to have a tie between F.A. and Shapovalov and just violate the rules right off the back with a tie at the number three position. But I'm going to stick with Basilashvili. I'm not going to back down. It's just, again, in terms of these lists, maybe we should have said most entertaining. Maybe we should have said whatever it is. But best is a very arbitrary category. We're going to go with best. We're staying with best. Yeah, exactly. Define it as everyone. Again, the point of this is to have fun, to give you something to argue about. And if you have any arguments at Jamie McDonald, at Great Shot Pod for myself, we would love to hear them because that's the purpose of an exercise like this. Oh, I want to change my list so badly, but screw it. I'm going to stay with Basilishvili. We can move on. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com any final thoughts on the forehand you ready to go to the one-handers let's go to the one-handers all right give me your list all right so to be clear here listeners we are not just saying backhands uh we are splitting between one-handers and two-handers so yes i also um, do want to clarify the forehand was the toughest category for me yes i would say that's the case there's so many you can toss in there especially with the forehand's importance in the you know in the game you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's difficult all these guys are going to have Solid forehands, pretty much. But um, no, on one-handers, I mean, I think the top two are pretty um, evident, and I will be very surprised if we're differing in this. Uh, Stan and team, um, I think, you know, <laughs> you, you're not agreeing with that? So so team was number four for me. He was a just-miss. And again, I have to have fun with this. That's I completely agree. <laughs> it's a horrible take. Um, but well, no, wait then you hear it. But my on. battle for three is really between Sitsipas, Dimitrov, and Shapovalov. Um, wow. And if I had to lean one place, at least right now, um, I'd probably say Sitsipas, just because he's been hitting it very well. He can, man, I'll tell you what, he gets himself out of a ton of trouble with the heaviness um, he's able to use on that backhand side. Um, he's got a lot of versatility with it, and then he can crank it when he needs to. It's looked it's looked probably the best so far. I mean, that's why he's six in the world, right? Uh, but it's easy to make cases for Dimitrov and Shapovalov in there as well. Yeah, so I disagree. I, in my list, I have not Shapovalov, like explicitly, like just no. because that's Well, he's not against... in mine. He was yeah, who no. I was considering. He's like five. Yeah, I didn't say counterpoint. I said just uh, he's not even in my honorable mentions. Um, I threw Cole Schreiber in my honorable mentions because that thing is beautiful. Uh, certainly aesthetically on its own deserves some sort of mention in this category. You're telling am... me right now, you're telling me right now you would rather have his backhand than Shapovalov's. 
That's a terrible take. Oh, maybe. Maybe. That's, that's a bad take. The point that's is, just... I don't want... <laughs> neither guy are in my uh, top five, so I suppose... Or top five, in my top three. So okay. I... So, you know, they're both just off the list. Dimitrov just off the list. I am shocked you did not mention the guy who I have at number one. And, you know, maybe this is recency bias because he was playing really well. He had just cracked the top 30 for the first time in his career. Number one for me, I have Dan Evans because I think the variety he plays with, great with the slice, great attacking and using short angle, great going short angle topspin as well, great at blocking returns. That's my number one best one-handed back in. Now, I completely agree with you stands number two and if you put him number one over Evans I'm not going to argue with you at all but I am surprised you didn't include Dan Evans in your list I have Stan and team above him uh when I was going through the list Dan Evans did cross my mind I just don't think it holds up on its own now if you start you know talking about it and how he uses it for the transition game and getting to the net maybe um I still think you got to put Stan and teams way above that and then just versatility in terms of the ground stroke. I mean, yes, he does a great job of chipping and blocking back, but I mean, if I'm in a ground stroke rally, backhand to backhand, I'm taking Sitsipas or Dimitrov over Evans. So that's fair, but... You know, the one-handed backhand's all-encompassing, right? On those True. terms, it's it's that much more important that you have the slice, that you have the block return. And in terms of returning on that wing, I actually like Evans' return better than Tsitsipas's, better than Dimitrov's. Yeah, maybe on the return specifically. I mean, he has a good block, but I mean, I guess I guess this wasn't the forefront of what I was talking about, right? We split out serves as well. We didn't do returns. So I guess <laughs> I was holding it more as that backhand ground stroke. But yes, I mean, you make a good point. I still think regardless, even if I were to maybe toss him near my top three, he's not touching Stan and team. Yeah. I mean, again, this was a tough category. This was, you know, I think the other one is like choosing best actor in a loaded year. It's like, am I going to go with, for four hands, it's like, am I going to go with Leo? Am I going to go with Brad Pitt, Matt Damon? You know, what are all the movies they came out with here? It's slimmer picking, right? It's, you know, what was the best short animated feature? And it's like, well, there are only so many short animated features. There are only so mm-hmm. many uh, best one-handed backhands out there, especially with the non-Federer category. Again, I almost cheated when we were, just so you guys know, I was like, Jamie, let's do top five. He's like, absolutely not. I'm not staying on the phone with you for four hours to do this. Um, I went with Tsitsipas over team only because I just like the variety for Tsitsipas a little bit better. Now, I do think Dominic team has gotten better and better with his slice backhand. And of course, when you're standing seven feet behind the baseline, like he does on the return, uh, it allows you to swing through more returns on that side, particularly when you're playing on the clay courts and team does such a fantastic job of doing that. But I just love the variety Tsitsipas can play with. I love that he goes, he's not afraid to go drop shot. He's not afraid to hit a short slice and follow it in uh, behind that. He's great on the block return. He'll also play aggressive on that return. So I went with Tsitsipas number three, uh, just behind Stan Wawrinka, who has to be in the top three, or your list is automatically disqualified. So I don't team think... is not in your top three, to clarify. No, he's 3A, but he's just out. Okay, no. that's surprising. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking to the Stan team, Steph, um, and, and we'll put Dan Evans as the honorable mention. 
Yeah, so again, we're we're in a similar we're position. Close. Yeah, we're very I'm, close. I would say that's probably the category we're going to agree on the most because really, it, yeah, it, I guess time will tell. But yes, well, yes, is. serve doesn't even count. It's not even a category. I mean, I, as I was doing the servers, I was like, oh, this is too easy. I don't know though. I I feel I'm, I'm not confident that you have the same ones, but we'll see. Yeah, good. Um, okay, so those were the one-handed backhands, and again, congratulations to all of those players. You've made the top three. Let's go to the two-handers. You want to go first? You want me to do this time? I'll go first. Um, this one's tough, right? I mean, obviously, there's just there's just a lot of two-handers, um, <laughs> and you're looking at them and going down the list. There's so many you want to talk about. I think uh, for me, you think about aesthetically, right? This 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 guy who's in the list, and I'm not firmly putting it number one here. I'll, I'll give my official rank later, but you got to put you got to put Zverev in this list. Um, because... All right, I'm going to stop you there. He's number one in the non-Djokovic. And again, reminder, no big three. For me, Zverev's number one, and it's just not a question. You don't think it's a question? No. I, it's aesthetically, effectiveness. Yeah, aesthetically, definitely. Aesthetically, definitely. I'm with you all the way there. It's the it's the foundation of his game. Exactly. That's that's why he's that's why he's in this list. That's why you know, I'm putting him. That's why I'm putting him up there. I'm just not. I, I had a little bit of cold feet as soon as I started reading this off because then you think about other guys who I have in this list like Medvedev, um, like a Benoit pair, like a mm-hmm. Dafid Goffin. Um, I want and, you to know I spent a solid, and I'd be lying if I said over an hour, but I did spend a solid five minutes being like, how do I not put Benoit Pair? Like he's the only player in the top 40 without a forehand. I know, exactly. And it's because of his serve and his backhand. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like Benoit Pair's got to make the three spot in this. Zverev at the one. I, I don't know. There's so many people you feel like you're doing an injustice to by not putting them in this list. But I feel like Medvedev has proven what he can do. It, he's got the versatility. Obviously, the way he uses it on the run is phenomenal. I, I, I don't know. Do you have him in your list? So, I, this was a tough cut for me. And for the record, on the one-handed backhands, we didn't mention Richard Gasquet because of the Richard Gasquet rule. In this one, my honorable mention list is off the charts. I have Hyun Chung in my honorable mentions because okay. why not? Tommy Paul's in there because why not? Tennis Sandgren because why not? Taylor Fritz because why not? Borna Chorch based purely on aesthetics. Um, but in terms of the final answers, Pear was a last-minute cut. Diego Schwartzman, a last-minute cut because he belongs there. Gofen, I really considered as well. He's a guy who's just so solid off of both wings. But my number three spot, because my top two are Zverev and Medvedev, for the record. Just, okay. you know, aesthetically, right, well, their, their effectiveness, the different tools. Yeah, we both agree on that. I mean, I told you I was going to do this. You're like, please don't, Alex. I was like, no, I have to. You're like, Alex, oh, I know I'm begging you. I went with Dennis Kudla. Because yeah, the down-the-line backhand for Dennis Kudla, I don't care, you know, what he's ranked. I don't care that he may never crack the top, what is it, 40 in his career. He may have cracked the top 50 or been right around it if he didn't right after that fourth-round Wimbledon appearance he made a few years ago. But, I mean, Dennis Kudla's backhand is beautiful. It really is. And he plays so many rallies, you know, harping in on that backhand wing. When he knocked off team a couple of years ago at the Australian Open, did he win that match? He might have lost it in five. But it was all premised on him attacking that backhand side, opening up the court for himself to go down the line. He can play flat. He can handle heavy spin with it. He's the only guy I've seen take inside out or inside in backhands from the deuce side of the court routinely. And I do think his backhand is that effective. Now, of course, he's got a bunch of other issues, and that's why he's not a top you know, 40 player consistently. But the backhand, it's compact. 
it it's you know again the diverse shot selection does he play the drop shot or the slice that often no but in terms of the two-hander one of my favorites on tour, certainly one of the most effective. And I mean, the obvious third spot here goes to Novak Djokovic if he was included, but he's not. So this third spot was tough. I went with Dennis uh, Kudla. I think the number one spot goes to Djokovic. No, no, no I, me- I meant the third spot in the top oh, okay. three. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- yeah, I mean, but if in that top three, I think number one is Djokovic if he's included. Yeah, no, I completely agree yeah, with you. Right. I'm saying um, then it would have it gone Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev, yeah, and yeah, would yeah. be done. yeah. Well, no, I mean, you make you make an all right point. Look, I mean, Denis Kudla does have a phenomenal back end, uh, something that he can base his game around. Um, you mentioned that team match. He did end up losing it in five, but I know which one you're talking about. And he got up those first two sets. Um, you also seen it. He's, he's played Djokovic a couple times well. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he didn't lose that match because his backhand broke down or anything, right? I mean, he has a phenomenal stroke that he can base a lot of things around, though. But there's no way I'm taking his backhand over a Gofen or a Benoit Pairs if I'm choosing. <laughs> and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, look, I mean, in that U.S. Open, because they played twice last year, right? U.S. Open and Wimbledon, Djokovic and Kudla. Mm-hmm. And Djokovic won both matches in straight sets. He didn't lose more than nine games between the three sets uh, in either match. But he did. I, it did feel like. Could look, could hang backhand to backhand, and yeah. how many people can you say that about? It's very, Not very many. few. And so, you know, t- I think Tennis Sandgren, the fact that he can play slice so often on that wing and be comfortable, but then he can also be comfortable hitting it on the run. I, you know, purely from a tennis perspective, it's very admirable. Um, I also like he and Chung actually out backhanded, but we said you know this violates the Gasquet rule. But he actually out backhanded a, a worn down Djokovic, but still in that Australian Open match, yeah. he was just slapping winners down the line, and it was a thing of beauty. I also think Tommy Paul's got you know I like his backhand wing better than his forehand. He's just so compact. I think Fritz makes it looks really easy as well. But I had to have thrown a hot take, so I'm going to stick with Kudla. Fair enough. Can't yeah. change you. No, it's, again, in terms of, I don't know why, I feel like this is our version of the Oscars, right? It's like, who are you going to go with? And this is the controversial take. I'm trying to think of an Oscars controversy, but I'm really not a big movie guy. Um, and it's going to so, make that tough. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Um, no, it's, look, Kudla is like Chilich winning the U.S. Open. Was it unexpected? Of course, but if anyone was going to win outside of the big three, big four, it was probably going to be Marin Chilich. And so I feel like, yeah, for this, it's probably going to be Dennis Kudla. All right. Now, to me, comes a very fun category. The top three movers on tour. And, you know... There, honestly, you should just call it an honorary Gael Monfils spot because until he retires, just how electric he is, he's certainly, I imagine, going to be in both of our top threes. But I'm curious. I think I know who two of your three are. I think we're going to agree on them. But I'm fascinated to find out who your third is, Jamie. So who'd you go with? Yeah, so Monfils is in there. Uh, I think, like you said, he's got to be. I, I think, obviously, the movement maybe got, decreased a little bit with age. But, man, he has, he's just still an elite category in this So. Point. To add to that, I I think he doesn't play with his food as much as he used to. You know, there were times where he would just be like, yeah, you know, I think of Andy, all the passing shots he hit against Andy Roddick. uh, You know, you've seen that highlight so many times, the jumping forehand and whatever. Mm -hmm. He set that shot up. You know, he didn't have to be in that position. He doesn't do that anymore, but he can still turn it on and still, you know, move and bring out the defense as much as he needs to. Yeah. So I think the obvious one for me and the guy that I would still put at the top of the list is Alex Damanauer. Uh, so we agree. Like I said, I knew we were going to agree on that. 
I, he's so fast, and he's just the best mover on tour. I just think he is. Uh, okay. You watch him play. I mean, the first the first time where you saw well, not first time, but one of the times that comes to mind when you saw it on full display. What was that match against Chilich? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, insane. He ends stupid. up losing that match, but he is just scrambling multiple hours into this match. I mean, the guy is lightning fast, covering the court like I've not seen hardly anybody do. Um, outrageous, the young Aussie. And so I, he, he secures the number one spot for me. Yeah, I, so I put Dimenauer number one as well. No objections here. He's just, it's not even, I mean, first of all, he is. His top end speed can match anyone, but it's just how quick he feels. How oh, quick it's crazy. He, and like his read and reaction, his changing of direction. Just, and maybe it's because he, although he's not actually short. That's one of the biggest fallacies out there is that Alex Dimenauer is short. Now he's slender, but he's like six foot. Again, he's Jamie 3.0. Uh, if you were a little bit taller, you were a little bit a- better athlete in theory. Okay. Like, that hurts. I'm plenty I'm, athletic. Don't worry. Okay, but uh, yeah, you're right. You're Alex Dimenauer. In fact, I'm actually going to put – no, Max Rothman's going to listen to this and be like, really? I'm not in your top three for all of these categories? I'm actually – I should be – the fact that I wasn't in your list for top three two-handers is you know, <laughs> disturbing. No, if we were going to do a top three four-hand slices, I would have put you in my honorable mentions. Wow, that's nice. Me and Fabrice Santoro up there. <laughs> Killing it by ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do think Tim and Hour and Monfils are the obvious top two. Now, yeah. now, now the fun starts. Who is your number three? It's really difficult. I mean, I, I battled this one for me, went back and forth between a couple, uh, really, really a few. I mean, um, you mentioned Schwartzman earlier. He's probably in there. Batista Gut's probably in there. Um, really, the two that it came down Bautista to. Batista Gut is interesting. He did not make my list, but that's a good call by you. No, he didn't make my official list, but he's someone who's definitely circling my mind. Uh, I think you got to think about Dimitrov in this one. I mean, that guy can scramble like crazy, mm, but good one, another good just one. Just given what we've seen in 2019, it's almost disrespectful to not put Daniil Medvedev in this list. So, so he is my first cut. Because I okay. also had that same thought. His height, his length, the way he leverages it. It's just a it's not your traditional speed. No, it's but it, not. But he's probably the most exceptional, you know, mover in terms mm-hmm. of like court and sense. And that's why I put him in. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a really good call by you. Um now in terms of my honorable mentions, you mentioned Schwartzman as well. Dimitrov's a really good call. I also had healthy Mackie McDonald in there because that guy is lightning fast. I, I you know, his run in Australia a couple of years ago was just Trey's tracking everything down. He can move forward so quickly as well. He's on top of the net before you know it. I mean, Francis Tiafo, an exceptional mover mm-hmm. as well. Dominic Team probably deserves more credit for his movement than he gets. But I wanted to give myself bonus points here. So I dipped down to the Challenger Tour, and I went with Darian King, whose game is essentially premised on, hey, I'm just going to be a backboard. I'm going to track down everything you hit, and you're not going to get a ball by me. And that's why he's been able to crack the top 200 early in his career. You know, he is good at all the tennis stuff too, but most of his game is predicated around movement, and he's an exceptional mover. That's why, you know, he's had as much success as he has so I went with Darian King. Now, that may be an egregious take in your mind, but Darian King, career high of number 106, currently number 256 in the rankings, the 27-year-old. I just think he's a top-tier athlete on tour. I think, again, his game is so premised uh, on his movement and just you think he's in an uncomfortable position, but he's not. He's right where he wants to be. So I went with him number three. What do you think? 
I mean, congrats on giving yourself bonus points, uh, first and foremost. But, uh, I mean, similar to some of my takes for the other ones, I mean, I think you're crazy if somebody's – I mean, look, somebody who's not hitting through Daniil Medvedev is hitting through Darren King. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I, I hate to say it, but that's just the fact. See, I think the harder his opponent hits, the better he plays because he can just absorb that pace and get to everything. But yeah, it works until it goes by him. <laughs> but <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know who's not nominated in this category is Alex Gruskin. I uh, just not even close to the top three. I know I'm just maybe young because... Alex Gruskin, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's good. No, you know, to go back to the Oscars well uh, realm, this reminds me of. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have another Oscars reference for you. I don't think you had one. I think you just <laughs> said it multiple times. I don't think you've come up with a single reference. I, I'm pretty sure you just circled around it, like hoping that one will drop into your I mind, know. and you're like, ah, crap. Well, it's still like, not another. I want to say like Moonlight wasn't that good, but I never watched Moonlight. Like no, I, I have. Yeah, exactly. I have no perspective on any of those things. I mean, I'll say that The Dark Knight didn't win Best Picture when clearly it was the movie everyone watched that year. Like, I feel like that's not justified. And, you know, everyone watched Medvedev last year. Maybe Medvedev in this thing is The Dark Knight of the top three movers. Um, but no, I'm going to stick with Darian King. I'm actually fairly confident about that. We uh, What we really need to do is we need to see the straw poll of ATP players, what they all think. I almost threw Opelka in there, but we have the no seven-footer rule. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I actually did almost put Tommy Paul, though, because another yeah. exceptional athlete out there, he would have worked pretty well. But um, no, I think that's all on the movement category. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Final category, in my opinion, the easiest of the categories, the top three non-seven-foot server uh, rankings. Jamie, give me your top three servers. No, I'm going to default to you. I want you to go first because you seem confident that this is super easy, and I don't think we're going to have the same ones, so I want you to go. Okay, I'm I'm all in on going first. So I have number one, Milos Raonic, because Milos Raonic isn't a thing unless he had his serve. And I, I almost want to disqualify him. I know he's not a seven-footer, but he almost falls, falls into the realm of the serve-bot category, which is really what we mean by non-seven-footers. But I'm going to stick with Milos number one. Uh, and not to throw in some stats, but just to, you know, make you a little bit more upset, I think the <laughs> ATP <laughs> serving numbers would agree with me. I mean, Kyrgios number two, because when it works, when it's on 7-6-6-7-7-6, that Miami match he played with Federer a couple sure. years ago, I mean, it just, his serve is, it, everything on his game is centered around the serve. And then number three was really tough for me. I did almost give myself more bonus points. I threw Max Cressy, I threw Chris Eubanks in my honorable mention. Honorable mention, of course, to a guy you and I both enjoy, Stroof Daddy, Jan Leonard Stroof. Mm. Uh, I thought about throwing Fritz in there just because aesthetically it's as beautiful of a serve as we've seen, in my opinion, since Pete Sampras. I just think, you know, uh, again, Federer is not included in this. Um, I, I almost wish we could go back to the two-handers and talk about just, again, how underrated Rafa's backhand is because we actually almost considered putting them in just so we could have that discussion. Um, right. 
not to get me off traffic. And this is just me buying myself time in case I want to change my answer. Query got an honorable mention for the serve. Pass got an honorable mention with the serve. But given the year he had in 2019 and just how successful he was as well at the U.S. Open, I went with Matteo Berrettini at number three because yeah. another guy who the serve plus one is just so effective for him. And obviously you can't get to the plus one unless you have an effective first serve. And I think Berrettini really does. I think he can kick. I think he can play slice. I think uh, he just has a bunch of options available for him. T on the ad side as well. One of my favorite servers. And again, I think the stats would agree with me, Jamie. So he was my number three guy. Fair. No, I mean, look, the, the first two are hard to argue with. I've got Raonic and Kyrgios in there as well. I mean, when Milos is just bombing the serves, there's simply nothing you can do. Kyrgios, the same way. That guy's insane when he's locked in. Um, the third one, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, ultimately, I ended, up, I ended up going with my, uh, my outside of the top off? 50 pick. Yes. No. Uh, Feliciano Lopez. Oh. Um, and the irony here for you listeners is that Gruskin and I were just talking about this guy right before. And then we got to the serve category and I was like, damn, I know for a fact. I, oh, I can't drop stats, can I? Um, this no, dude is cracked. This, crack, this guy has cracked some crazy fast serves. I mean, we're talking over 150. Um, and so the lefty, I mean, you saw it when you, what was that? He took that title uh, on grass. What was that? Is it Queens East that he born won? Or Queens, yeah, born. yeah. I think it was Queens. He won in singles and dubs with Murray, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his serve was cooking. Um, and so he's in my list. And I'm sticking by it because that dude serves phenomenal. <laughs> I also want to go back, now that you say uh, Lopez, like the fact that I didn't include Fernando Verdasco, I mean, it's because no including past performances, but that guy can crack forehands like a few others. Um, You know who else deserves an honorable mention in this category is Sasha Bublik, uh, who... Okay, you know, his game, the serve and the drop shot, the underhand serve. If we did a best uh, best underhand Underhand serve category, he would be in there as well. Um, Yeah, I I don't have—I mean— we talked about it as well. Given Feliciano Lopez's backhand, um, I don't know how he wins matches, but evidently it's because the of the slice. serve, right? It's be- yeah, it's because he's willing to move forward, and it would have violated the Gasquet rule to put Joe Wilfred Songa in there, um, but he was another guy I considered as well. There's a lot of good servers out there. Um, but no, I, I have no disagreement with your ranking there. The I would say, you know, in terms of looking back at the list, and you know, we actually ended up going a little bit under what I expected, so I don't mind doing a quick review. Probably the most egregious ranking was me putting Basilishvili at number three, and I apologize to you listeners. I hope you give me the grief I deserve for that on Twitter tomorrow. But going through your list, Jamie, if you could change one spot after this discussion, what would you change? Oh. Are you gonna say um, nothing? I hope you say nothing. <laughs> I mean, it is a pretty solid list. I'm not gonna lie. To you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't form it with weaknesses on purpose. You know, I, I'll put it that way. I mean, you you did have me thinking on the one handers with Dan Evans. Um, that 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 was a good exercise for me. I still probably put Steph Stefanos over him. So I don't necessarily think I'm changing, but you definitely convinced me to put Dan Evans a little bit higher because you're right. The way he uses that versatility and the way he's able to stand up to huge ground strokes with the block and particularly on his return to serve as well. um, You make some solid points there. So I think I got to put him. 
I'm pretty confident in the rest of my takes, honestly. I mean, the yeah. serve, I, I mean, I think the obvious one where people might get me um, is thinking Feliciano Lopez, but dude, that <laughs> guy can still bomb a serve. I did consider putting Fritz in there as well. Um, you know, for a second, I thought about Sock because, man, he's got the ability to bang a ball and then also kick it out wide. Violates but, the Gasquet rule. Yeah, I just got to go Lopez. Yeah, so... I would say in terms of yeah, I, I, I like your list as well. Um I mean they're all pretty solid. Let's let's have a little fun at the end. If you could now include Rafa, Djokovic, and Federer, which list would be most compromised? Like for me, forehand wise, Federer probably gets in there and honestly so does Rafa. So the only other yeah. guy I'd include is Rublev. In terms of the two handers, I would have still included Djokovic and Zverev and Medvedev and only Djokovic. Would you have included Rafa? Because I know one of your pet takes, and it's a good take, by the yeah. way, is that his two handed backhand sneaky underrated, particularly at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, his two-hander is probably the most underrated or at least least talked about stroke um, on tour for how good it is. He might edge out either Zverev or Medvedev for me in that list. I mean, I think we both talked about Djokovic is obviously the top of that one, but I mean, it would be tempting. I mean, I don't know. If I had to pick one, it's just different because Nadal tries to run around it so often, but when he can't, it's not like it's a detriment to his game, right? I mean, he's so solid off that wing. I don't know. I know Djokovic for sure makes it in. I don't know if I sneak Nadal in there. Yeah, it's the discipline for Rafa. It's like, oh, you think you're going to my backhand? Nope, I'm going to just take this backhand right back up the line. Or you're going to cheat over? Nope, I'm going to rip this backhand cross Exactly. And so I agree with you. And he does have a pretty nice drop shot in his later years as True. well. You know, Federer for me definitely goes into the forehands. Um, but okay, he doesn't, go, go. In, Sorry, he doesn't just... go into the one-handed backhands. Okay, I would that's... not include him in my top three. Really? Uh, I mean, okay, if you're telling me right now, I mean, I have Pass over team, which upon looking at him, I'm really going to say, yeah, because, you know, for a series we're doing, if this was 2011, would I include Federer? Yes, I would. Oh, here but we go. Not. Good plug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> although then again, his slice backhand return, and we didn't do returns, but I've taught, you know, on multiple cracked interviews, a little clickety-clack there, I'm name-dropping, you know, multiple people have said the shot they would they wish they could emulate the most is the Federer slice return. That the way he mm-hmm. can do it, it's just, it's what, you know, the fact that he can turn the point back to neutral when you serve to that target is just special. And it's a really good point. But I probably still have him below Evans and Wawrinka. At least, yeah. you know, tw- 2020 Roger Federer. I think I'm still putting Fed above Sitsipas in the backhand debate be- because Fed can just do so much with it. Even 2020. I mean, you know, 2011, he's at the top of this list. Nine years later, he's number three. That still ain't bad. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. Again. It was close. Uh, I, 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 it would be close. In terms of top three movers, bye-bye, Darian King, my friend. Novak Djokovic ha- would like to have a word with you. But I probably would still stick with Dimenauer and Monfils. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially yeah. now. I mean, oh, God, it's, it's hard not to put Nadal in there. Nadal, honestly, his more than his actual just raw movement, it's his ability of what he can do to the ball once he gets there. Um, it's it's less about the raw movement itself. Um, you know, when you're looking at Dimonauer, you still think he's quicker, he's faster. But man, if if you're putting Nadal on the run to his forehand, it's like you might as well just turn around. Like, yeah, Nadal's That's... hitting an on the run winner. It's happening. Yeah, I mean, especially if he knows it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a fair point. And then in terms of the servers, 
I mean, no to Novak. Not that it serves bad. It's gotten so much better over the course of his career, but I'd probably still take Ranich and Kyrgios. I mean, Federer probably knocks off Berrettini. Probably. And then, honestly, the Rafa serve is underrated. The Rafa serve is underrated. He's is been it working underrated? on it. He's been working on it quite a bit. It still doesn't go to this list, though. Um, and right now, 2020, I don't know if Federer makes this list. I, I would feel foolish not putting him in place of Lopez here because it seems so obvious, but, man, I don't know. Yeah, it, eh, we'll it, put him in. Sure, it'll make <laughs> me feel good. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really close. I could go with a couple of different ways here. I mean, look, we, we didn't do returners. If we did, Djokovic would be number one, uh, and then it would be pretty interesting after that. I'm trying to think if I have any final follow-ups for you. I mean, yeah. Schwartzman's t- in that category sh- for he me. Would be, he, would, he would, yeah, he would be at the in the club. You know, if he goes to the bouncer and they say, hey, are we going to let this guy in in one of the top returns? They'd be like, yeah, let him in. Certainly, he'd get into the club. Um yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Any final thoughts for you on this uh, exercise? Any final questions for me? Ooh. Mm. If I'm uh, – no, you know what? We'll just make this a separate pod because otherwise we'll be on here for another hour. But there are some <laughs> other aspects that we have not covered yet. Maybe a sneak preview here um, with net game and mental game. Maybe we'll have to sneak that Ooh. into to another mini break. But uh, yeah. no, we're going to leave those questions for next time. So I'm going to – I'm going to, you know, exercise some self-control here and say we're done. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to like that. When it's May 15th and it's like, what are we going to do on the May 15th podcast? <laughs> that is what we will bring That's back. That's what we're going to do on the May 15th podcast. Yeah, I love it. Scheduling in advance. West off, do you note that? May 15th is when we're going back. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm completely down. We can leave things there. And, of course, the reason we did something like this is because it, our opinions are obviously going to be controversial. Mine probably more so than Jamie's. Uh, but that's half the fun of doing these mini breaks. And if you have any thoughts on it, you disagree vehemently with something we said and how could you not uh be sure to reach out to us you know on twitter at cracked rackets or at jamie mcdonald at great shot pod uh on the instagram at twitter facebook youtube it's all at cracked rackets and of course we've got a really fun schedule of pods coming out today released alongside of this uh someone who would certainly be one of my top three players at the net the birthday woman today bethany maddox sands who we got the chance to sit down with again on our cracked interviews podcast you all can hear that if you go check out that podcast of course this podcast the cracked interviews podcast and the great shot podcast we ask as always that you like rate subscribe review share them with your friends if you're starved of tennis content now is the time to be listening to these podcasts because i think we've done over 600 at this point and you know i think they all hold up fairly well if you don't remember what was going on you know june 15th 2019 there's definitely a mini break on there for you to go listen to so be sure i don't know why i keep going with the 15th for all these dates it's just like smack dab middle of the month so i'm comfortable with it and you know of course the last thing i want to plug is our new video series that we launched on youtube Overserved, where we poke fun at all of the unintentional comedy that happens in the tennis world on a week by week basis and we think now more than ever laughter is going to be the cure that so many of our fans of so many of us you know i know how much fun i had recording and it was great to get my mind off of the stresses that i'm feeling every day and I, we think you, the listener, will really enjoy those overserved segments as well. And of course, the amount of work our super producer, Max Fliegner, super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff have been putting in day in, day out. It's a f***ing any job that they constantly have to do. And I'm serious when I say Westoff has killed it.
on the video end over these past. I mean, he's always killing it, but these overserved are. We're, we're really proud of them, so we hope you all go give that a look. But one last time for our sponsors, Diadem Sports and uh, Aerobar, who we are so grateful for their continued support. Go check out their websites. Use the promo code CR50 with Diadem. Use that promo code CRACK30 when you go check out Aerobar for 50 and 30% off your orders, respectfully. For my wonderful co-host, James Foster McDonald, too. I won't lie. This was a great exercise. I had a ton of fun, Jamie. I always appreciate your takes. For our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westhoff, and for all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Jamie, what do we tell the listeners? First, we tell them to watch Overserved, because I don't want to gas up Gruskin. I never want to, but man, this is a good episode. And second, <laughs> that's a break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.